in-depth, investigative. This is KXAN News. First tonight at 5, the verdict regarding E. Jean Carroll's civil lawsuit against former President Donald Trump. A jury found that Carroll did not prove Donald Trump raped her, but they did find Trump liable for sexually abusing and defaming Carroll and awarded her damages across all of her claims that added up to roughly $5 million. Carroll had accused Trump of raping her in a department store dressing room in the 90s. A Trump 2024 spokesperson says this case is, quote, bogus and that it's meant to to target Trump because he is, quote, now an overwhelming frontrunner to be once again elected president of the United States. Well, back home tomorrow morning, we will learn how much time a former Army sergeant convicted of murdering a Black Lives Matter protester will spend in prison. Thanks for joining us at 5. I'm Daniel Marine. And I'm Britt Moreno. The state is asking the judge to give Daniel Perry at least 25 years, but Perry's attorneys are asking for 10. Let's get out straight to Jayla Washington, who has been following this developing story from the very beginning beginning. Jayla, if you can, walk us through what's happened today. Hey, Brent, Daniel, yeah, well, really, the state and defense both doing everything they can to appeal to the judge's emotions before he makes the decision, ultimately deciding how long Perry will spend behind bars. And keep in mind, this is all playing out about a month after Perry was found guilty. Now, we learned some new details about really how this is all impacting Garrett Foster's fiance still to this day, as well as some personal information about Perry that might give some a better idea of his mental state. Perhaps the final steps toward justice, but the pain and suffering far from over. It's extremely hard to be in that house and the house that me and him built together and his stuff is there and there's reminders. Here at Daniel Perry's sentencing hearing. He was being caregiver for um, 11 years. A deeper look now into not what happened during Garrett Foster's final moments, but the memories long before that his fiance clings on to. I went to Parsons, which is a design school in New York, and he came with me. He helped me when I couldn't do certain things, you know, like pinning the fabric for me, like helping me go and shop for fabric. It's hard to go back to it um, without him. The state zeroed in on Perry's social media posts and conversations including derogatory comments about black people and the Black Lives Matter protests. Several of Perry's army comrades, though, vouched for his character. He's done more for me as my brother than anybody else in my family has. Family sticks beside Perry, his mother talking about how no, he's don't. her firstborn son and dealt with an autism diagnosis as well as a speech impediment and bullying growing up. But junior high was pretty bad for him. Um, he had some friends, not many. A forensic psychologist, Dr. Greg Hupp, examined Perry. He links some of Perry's behavior and posts to his disabilities and military culture. We say, well, how could he do those things? How can he say those things when his best friend's a black man? But Daniel and his friends and his, co and his comrades don't see that. And it's not really fair for us to judge. 
Well, a big question a lot of people are still asking is, is Governor Greg Abbott going to pardon Daniel Perry? That still remains to be seen. The Board of Pardon and Paroles is reviewing the case, but no word on when a decision on that will be reached. And again, tomorrow morning, Judge Brown is expected to issue a sentencing. Daniel. All right, Jayla, thank you very much. Well, the Texas House voted unanimously today to expel GOP rep Brian Slayton due to allegations he had an inappropriate sexual relationship with a 19-year-old staffer. The vote comes a day after Slayton submitted his resignation papers to the governor after a House panel made public its findings about his misconduct. Now, according to the report, Slayton showed a pattern of inappropriate behavior with the aide. The panel also found that he tried to cover it all up using harassment and intimidation tactics to prevent the information from coming out. He is the first state representative to be expelled from the Texas House since 1927. First warning weather with Chief Meteorologist David Yeomans. Well, what a treat. A cool, rainy day with temperatures 20 to 30 degrees cooler than we were at this time yesterday. It's only 71 in Westlake. Live look from our Lorenz Lorenz 360 cam with some rain falling and some dark clouds over the city. Notice we've actually got a couple little areas of swirling rain on the radar west of San Antonio. Another one discreetly seen here right over Austin. These are different pieces of one storm system that's spinning right overhead, and that's what's responsible for the constant on and off periods of rain today. Some downpours from Leander back toward the Arboretum and a few heavy downpours in parts of Austin making roads extra slippery. Please be careful out there. We did see over an inch of rain earlier near Kingsland from this band of rainfall. It has since pushed westward toward Mason and weakened significantly. Coming up in your forecast, we actually have a couple periods of a concerning flash flood threat in the next week and it starts tonight. How much rain to expect by Mother's Day weekend and an in-depth look at one thing that's playing an interesting part in this. David, thank you. Investigators are now revealing more about their investigation into Saturday's deadly mass shooting at an outlet mall. A gunman killed eight people and hurt seven others. A police officer confronted and killed that gunman. Now this happened in the Dallas suburb of Allen about three and a half hours from Austin. That's where we find NBC's Chris Pallone with the latest. For a third straight day, people in Allen, Texas, gathered at the entrance of the outlet mall where eight people died Saturday, killed when a heavily armed man pulled up and started shooting. Now the eight crosses representing the victims are adorned with their names. Among the dead, three children, Daniela Mendoza, 11 years old, and her sister, Sophia, eight. The youngest victim, three-year-old James Cho, killed along with his parents. His six-year-old brother, William, the only family member who survived, now an orphan without a little brother. For the first time in days, officials updated the public on their probe into the shooter's background and motive. Why did he do this? Well, the big question is we don't know. That's what the investigation is trying to find out. We do know that he had neo-Nazi ideation. He had patches, he had tattoos. Uh, even his signature, you know, verified that. Investigators are honing in on social media posts that appear to belong to the gunman, 33-year-old Mauricio Garcia. The posts on a Russian social media platform contain rants against women and minorities, as well as shirtless pictures of white supremacist tattoos. We saw it in Buffalo. We've seen it in El Paso. It's part of a, an ideology that flourishes online, particularly in those places that are un, uh, unmoderated. Garcia also posted online about struggling with his mental health. An Army spokesperson says in 2008, Garcia did not complete basic training, kicked out after three months for an unspecified physical or mental condition. 
Chris Pallone, NBC News, Allen, Texas. An online post of receipts appear to show Garcia spent at least $3,000 on guns. Texas did not have an extreme risk or so-called red flag law. Well, with less than 72 hours before a major change in immigration policy, crowds of migrants are gathering at the U.S.-Mexico border. Hundreds of migrants are along Mexico's border with California near San Diego. The pandemic-era policy is set to expire on Thursday night. This policy made it easier for border agents to quickly deport asylum seekers. Some migrants gathering at the border say they want a better life. I'm just trying to seek a better life. I'm not a bad person. I'm not a violent person. Yesterday, Governor Greg Abbott said he is deploying his own border force to hotspot areas where immigrants illegally enter into Texas. There are new recommendations from the U.S. Preventive Services Task Force that say women should get screened for breast cancer every other year starting at the age of 40. Now, the last guidance from 2016 suggested screenings start at the age of 50 or sooner if there's a family history of breast cancer. Now, the change is the result of new scientific evidence. The rate of breast cancer among women ages 40 to 49 increased 2% per year on average from 2015 to 2019. That's according to the National Cancer Institute. The task force says these recommendations can save 20% more lives. So good for everybody to know. Tickets to Austin's most famous concert series are on sale. Who's playing at ACL and how much money it all brings to the city? Plus, as the city of Kyle keeps growing, some services there are struggling to grow along with it. What Kyle's fire department is doing to keep up with its exploding population. Well, it's one of the best times of the year for Austin music fans. Tickets for Austin City Limits Music Festival are now on sale and the lineup is out. Headliners for this year's festival include Kendrick Lamar, Foo Fighters, Mumford & Sons, The Lumineers, Shania Twain, and Alanis Morissette. Attendees will also see performances from Labyrinth, 30 Seconds to Mars, and Jesse Ware, just to name a few. We've got the full list over at KXAN.com. By the way, last year's festival brought in $7.2 million for Austin Parks. That is a lineup. Well, ACL, of course, a major event here in Austin every year. And we have to wonder, how much money does it generate for the city? Last year's festival brought in close to $450 million for Austin. And according to a report released just on Tuesday, it's generated more than $3 billion since ACL began tracking the numbers back in 2006. That money doesn't just keep the festival going, it helps keep Austin Parks open. A portion of the money ACL makes goes towards the Austin Parks Foundation. This, of course, is a nonprofit focused on improving our local parks. Their CEO says he's most grateful for all of you, the fans. It's literally the fans and a portion of their ticket purchase that's going back into our park. So it's not, it's not some company, it's the fans that are giving the money back and that's what makes it so special. Over the last 18 years, the partnership has provided around $55 million to park improvements here in Austin. Rainfall always welcome, but we haven't had that much of it quite yet in the city. We did receive officially our first measurable rain of the month, less than a tenth of an inch so far at Camp Mabry, only five hundredths so far at the airport. But I think we're going to surpass our monthly normal over the next few days. Two risks of flash flooding coming up. As more people move to the city of Kyle, firefighters are getting called out a lot more. But as the city grows, the Kyle Fire Department is making some moves to make sure they get to emergencies as quickly as possible. Bill Ramadna shows us how they're keeping up. One, one, one. Training for every situation. 
Firefighters with the Kyle Fire Department have to be ready for any call. Mark Schultz, Division Chief for Fire Prevention, moved to Kyle as a volunteer firefighter in 1999. So we've watched it grow from 5,000 to we're approaching 90,000 in this area. The once small town is growing fast with new developments popping up all over. We ran 500 calls when I started volunteering and now we're going to run probably close to 6,800 calls this year. The call volume just keep going up. Freddie Rowland is the division chief for training and operations. He says they'll soon add more firefighters, nine positions altogether, which will help with response times. Our average time right now is about six minutes and a half to seven. Back in January, we were somewhere around seven minutes and a half. The reason why? A new system helping them get through lights faster. It's the Opticon system that controls the lights for us through our siren system. Cal Fire currently operates out of three fire stations, but this summer they'll break ground on a fourth with plans to expand to fire station five and six in the near future. And we got to get it compact so that way we can get new stations and more firefighters could decrease call times even more. And we're hoping with station four going in next year sometime to be able to even drop that further down to closer to five and a half minutes. In Kyle, Nabil Ramadna, KXAN News. And the department also has a mutual aid agreement with a number of nearby fire departments. Now, Kyle Fire is having a new hiring event on June 10th for certified EMTs and firefighters. Salaries start at about $54,000. Fire resources are needed right here in Austin as well, starting with firefighters. The Austin Fire Association told us earlier this year nearly 2,000 fewer people applied for the 2023 Austin Fire Department recruitment process rather than in 2021. The association points to the city cost of living compared to wages for firefighters as a reason for this dip in interest. All right, well, rain is here for the next few days here in Central Texas, but Houston is experiencing the same, and that's where this video was taken today. The National Weather Service, David, has issued a flood watch warning about heavy rains for the next two days. They say that some parts of the greater Houston area could see up to seven inches of rain by tomorrow night. Which sounds crazy, except parts of our area over the next week could see 10 inches of oh. rain. We are talking about a flash flood threat that we've only seen twice in the past year coming twice in the next seven days. So something that really bears watching. Let me take you outside now. The flooding threat gets started overnight tonight. What we've seen today, mainly just beneficial occasional rain, cool temperatures, some raindrops on the lens under cloudy skies on the Austonian. It's 70 degrees downtown, 66 in Llano. What a wonderful and cool uh, late spring, early summer day compared to yesterday when we were in the 90s. For instance, in Llano, it's almost 30 degrees cooler now than it was 24 hours ago. Enjoy it. Especially since we don't have any severe weather over the area, not even any lightning showing up with a few of these downpours from Leander to Round Rock and Pflugerville back toward southwest Austin. I will tell you from experience, the roads are very slick out there today, so please take it easy. A little heavier rain concentrated around this little swirl just west of San Antonio. Why the little swirls in the rainfall on your KXAN weather app radar today? Well, it's because there's a bigger swirl over us, a low pressure right overhead. And this thing, with all the upper level moisture, is also tapping into the Gulf of Mexico. This is part of the reason that we're so worried about the flash flood potential over the next week. There are anomalously warm, abnormally warm waters in the Gulf, at least a degree warmer than normal in the upper 70s right now. And this nonstop south-southeast wind that keeps funneling heat and moisture and energy from the Gulf waters into these storms, this is going to provide near record levels of atmospheric moisture. And the translation there is it could rain a whole lot from these storms as they develop.
Flash flood threat tonight, the two out of four risk is not unheard of, but the three out of four, this red color, this is what we've only seen twice in our area in the past year, and it's in effect overnight tonight, mainly in our eastern counties where the threat of heavy rain and flash flooding are highest. Then we get a couple days off from the flash flood threat. Saturday is going to be the main event with a more widespread two out of four and even three out of four flash flood risk. This is pretty rare to see in the Austin area and the entire hill country, and this is when the most rainfall is expected. That's just before Mother's Day. Here's the picture over the next few hours. This little spinning mass of scattered rain and thunderstorms in some areas continues. Not a nonstop rain out, but I'll bet you see some downpours on and off through bedtime tonight. After bedtime, not much happening in the hill country, but from Austin eastward, notice how these nocturnal rain th showers and thunderstorms overnight, basically, they really get going. From Austin eastward, we don't need daytime heating with the low pressure right on top of us to develop some really heavy rain. By tomorrow morning, we may have some flooding problems in our eastern counties, especially. Heavy rain continues from Austin eastward through mid-morning tomorrow, and then this all clears out from round number one, if you will, late tomorrow and a little break for all of us on Thursday. After that, though, more heavy rain is likely this weekend, even through Mother's Day. Over the next week, as I mentioned, many of us expecting 5 to 7, even 7 to 10 inches of rain. This sounds crazy on this map from the National Weather Service, but we've got reliable computer models spinning out even higher totals than that from Austin westward. So what do we need to do over the next couple of days? Here are your flash flood safety tips. First things first. Let's have a way to receive warnings. Easiest way to do that, watch us on TV. When we're not on TV, download the KXAN Weather app, and that'll beep in your pocket if anything dangerous is in effect for your area. Second thing, if a flash flood warning is issued, which we will see some over the next several days, home is the safest place to be. If you must drive, don't drive through a water-covered road. Most flash flood deaths happen in vehicles. We always say it, but turn around, don't drown. All right, tonight, some flash flooding possible from Austin eastward especially. Scattered thunderstorms with a nice cool low of 65. Tomorrow, 85, a little warmer and drier late after the morning storms clear out. Rain chances not epically high over the next couple of days, pretty likely early tomorrow, much lower well, on a hotter day Thursday. But here comes a guarantee of periods of rain and the highest flash flood threat on Saturday, pretty likely rain showers and thunderstorms at times from Mother's Day even into early next week. A stalemate in the capital over what to do about the debt ceiling, what both sides want, and what happens if they can't agree. Well, today, President Biden hosted congressional leaders at the White House in hopes of finding an end to the stalemate over raising the nation's debt limit. This was the first major discussion on the issue in months between President Biden and House Speaker Kevin McCarthy, and both are refusing to budge. House Republicans already passed a bill that tackles the debt ceiling along with massive spending cuts. But Biden says that if raising the debt limit fails, the U.S. would start running out of money to pay for things like Social Security. McCarthy earlier today rejected the idea of a short-term extension and challenged the president. He's wasted 97 days. I mean, this is the whole reason I went to him on February 1st. We did not want to put the country in this type of position. The Secretary of the Treasury said that if the U.S. defaults on its loans, it would be, quote, really an economic catastrophe. Well, coming up tonight on KXAN, we have Night Court at 7, Lopez versus Lopez at 7.30, The Wall at 8 o'clock, and then the Winkus Link before we're back with KXAN News at 10. You can join us an hour earlier for KXAN News at 9 on the CW Austin, and here's where to find us.
Thanks for listening to KXAN News Nightly. You can also listen to KXAN News Today every morning for more in-depth coverage of what matters most to you.